there are three bad guys that could care that one of them could carry yeah. a movie. Yeah. Let alone the three that we get in this. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review the Scarlett Johansson starring movie Ghost in the Shell. Well, I feel like her name deserves to go above the title on this one. Every every once in a while, when the movie is kind of underwhelming, but you got a big star, I felt like she she deserved it. This is Pulp Fiction. I am Brandon Rabar, as always, joined by Jacob <laughs> Crisp and Rachel Jameson. And uh, for those that don't know what Ghost in the Shell is all about, let's check out that trailer. I have been watching you. You have to remember. I saw someone down there. He wasn't human. He's a known terrorist. And he's killed again. They didn't just kill them. They hacked into their minds. He's everywhere. Nowhere. I will find him. And I will kill him. Never talk about your past. I don't remember much. Just fragments. There was an attack. You were dying. We saved you. And now you save others. Everything they told you was a lie. You had a family. Remember that. But I. Beauty, you are. What do you want from me? They did not save your life, they stole it. How many were there before me? She was supposed to have a clean brain. I order you to terminate. They created me, but they cannot control me. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, a remake of the 1995 <laughs> anime movie, Ghost in the Shell. In the near future, Major is the first of her kind, a human saved from a terrible crash who is cyber-enhanced to be a perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals. So, this movie basically... You're going to go see it for one of two reasons. Either you love the original anime movie or the manga that it's based on, um, Ghost in the Shell, or you want to see Scarlett Johansson in a skin-tight outfit <laughs> for two hours. I'd say the third would be like you like sci-fi, but yeah. Oh, I guess that too. I didn't consider yeah. that. Uh, I was definitely option B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was option C. So. Oh, okay. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ghost in the Shell, it's um to me this is kind of the definition of a middling movie. Um it's getting middling reviews, oh, middling gotcha. box office, middling reaction from audiences. It feels like a March movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of there. 
and it's just exciting enough to want to see because it is based on you know a, a pretty popular origin. Uh, the the first movie was was pretty popular. The anime movie yeah, the of nineteen ninety five, I believe. Yeah, I, and I also say that they've been marketing the heck out of this movie. I yeah. feel like they've been marketing yeah. it for over a year now. Yeah, they yeah. really have. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw trailers last summer. For well, this. Ghost in the Shell is huge. It's like one of the top anime movies ever made. Like it's it's big time. See, this is where I'm glad that you watched some anime stuff, Rach. Um, for anyone listening, Rach didn't get a chance to watch the movie, but she's great for this episode because she's seen the '95 movie. She uh, she knows her anime pretty well. I'm nope, not saying you're like nope, a diehard no, fan. I don't. No, I well, okay, don't. Okay, all right. I'm saying that this wrong. This is gonna then. be real you, disappointing. You know for it better anybody, than I do. So, which is still very little. I watched it in high school because I had a crush on a guy who liked anime things, and I saw quite a bit of anime because of him. This was one of those things. Okay, he really loved it. I was like, "What is happening? Everything is so weird. So many heads are exploding." All the animated boobs are jiggly. I've, I'm confused, but whatever. <laughs> I'll pretend like I like it because the guy I have a crush on likes it. Well, you were just up on my anime pedestal, and I'm just now kicking no, it halfway yeah, underneath you. Yes, I just didn't want to false advertising. <laughs> I don't know my anime. I'm not a huge anime fan, but I have seen the original Ghost in the Shell. Gotcha. Well, and people that do love anime super love Ghost in the Shell. Like, maybe so I, I understand the significance some of, these. of it. I just. I just never, I've never watched anything anime yet. Uh, I have, and I just, I don't like any of them. It's mm. just not my thing. But uh, for people that are, this was huge. This should have been a big event for people that, that that's their thing okay. for sure. And this is actually opening weekend too. So, uh, I mean, I'll say that my movie theater, I mean, I went on a, on a Monday night though. So it was pretty empty. I don't know. Uh, how about you? When did you go, Brandon? Uh, I went on some, when did I see it? Uh, the second day. So on, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. And was it pretty full? Uh, I, not really. I mean, it was uh, probably half full. Hmm. Yeah. It was probably about half full. It's, uh, uh, and I think it's been doing okay at the box office, but kind of underwhelming, uh, from what I remember. Well, there's just I feel like there's a lot of movies out right now, uh, like is. a lot of mediocre movies. Yeah, there are. So, uh, but again, that's kind of the April. season we're in. Yeah, we're now it's about to be ratcheted up here uh, at the end of this month and going into the summer. But as far as right now, here I'll tell you right now, box office this weekend, um, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> well, th- this will tell you. Yeah, this is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, this is really brutal. It was number. Five at the uh, box office this weekend. It's second weekend. It came out in third its first weekend. But, I mean, above it, we have The Boss Baby, Beauty and the Beast, and uh, and it's been out for its fourth week. Smurfs, The Lost Village, going in style. Uh, so I'd say Ghost in the Shell, it costs $110 million to make. And so far to date, in its second weekend, it's made $31.5 million. So it's obviously going to lose a lot of money. Now, this doesn't count international. It'll do better box international. Office, which will certainly do better there. Well, just like what we were talking with um, Power Rangers. I mean, Power Rangers made $40 million opening weekend. This made eighteen. Yeah, pretty. I mean, pretty underwhelming. Right. Considering the marketing right. and the source material and you have an A-list star. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. But here's my issue with it already. You can't make anime movies and anime movies into live action movies. They are so far fetched. Like right. that's the thing with right. anime movies is that they're not realistic at all. You yeah. mean like Beauty and the Beast? 
No, not even in that way. <laughs> they, it's a completely different thing, but I just never saw how that was going to work in a live action format. Also, I understand why you're putting Scarlett Johansson in it. So do I. But people that are anime people were very upset that they didn't choose an an Asian actress. I think them. we're in the 21st century that I, I would have gone and see the movie regardless if she was in it or not. I think they should have cast an Asian actor. An, an I think actor. they should That's have too. I, and I understand part. they wanted the name and there's not a big enough Asian name for it. But you're making an anime movie. like, And even it, I've got to say like, Ooh, that stuff doesn't typically bother me, but this one. It, mm. it is an anime movie. Plus, it would be more believable if it was an Asian actress not a to me. Yeah, not like Especially a super. Like you, look, 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 we always spoil here on Pulp Fiction. So there you go. There's your warning. But when you see her name as an Asian name on a tombstone, yeah. it just, just no, like, right, it doesn't on, work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And and can we side note why has Scarlett Johansson become an action movie star? What? Oh, what why has this happened? I mean, because of the, the Marvel movies. Well, I know, but I'm saying the Marvel movies, but not just that. Lucy, Ghost in the Shell, she looks the super Island, good the in Island. tight clothing. Maybe. She looks great in tight clothing. Yeah, agreed. That's and she can act. Yeah. But yeah, because she can act, she shouldn't be wasting her talent yeah, in action movies. True. Is my point. She's a good actress. She's got range. Money. And she can, yeah, money. It's just so weird to me. She's like, just marketable, I guess. It just makes no sense. I, I guess I'm. Why would she want to do it? I guess is what I'm saying. Got to be money. Yeah, good point. But see, the thing about Scarlett Johansson is that she's willing to go out on a limb and do all kinds of movies. Man, look at the she skin. Is. I and I mean, like in the last five years. Look at the skin I live in. Look at uh, Don Juan. Not Don Juan. She wasn't in the skin I live in. She wasn't in. in either of those movies. Not the skin I live in. Um, in, in her skin? She was, oh, yeah. In she her, was in, in her Don skin. Juan. No, he, he, she's in Don John. Don, Don John. John. Not Don Juan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I said that wrong. <laughs> so I screwed Juan. up two yeah. movies in a row. <laughs> just a movie podcast, but whatever. Um, but anyway, she, she's willing to do plenty of indie films. And this wasn't an indie film by any means. But she certainly, she'll try anything out, I she believe. She will. I bet she will. For the most part, (laughs) for the most part, uh, I think she's pretty, pretty uh, diverse. She is. She. It's just so weird. Like that. uh, I feel like lately she's just done so much action, and I'd like to. But I agree because she is diverse. She's got. She's got good range, and she can do a bunch of different things. And I think she is willing to do a lot of different things. It's just odd to me to see her in so many action movies. It was just a side note. I. I, Um. But. Back to Ghost in the Shell. So overall, did you like it? Dislike it? Just kind of eh about it? Hate it? All right. So here's my here's my thing on Ghost in the Shell. It is a cross between The Matrix, yeah, Blade Runner, yeah, and Lost in Translation, and <laughs> not near as good as any of those no, classics. It's not. No, like it's just so bland it's really bland um i was pretty excited about this movie i'm actually was really disappointed oh you're excited about it i was i, I I've, really I've been looking for it. look i mean the difference for anyone listening between me and brandon is that i love sci-fi right yeah. brandon's never been big, big on sci-fi yeah, i'd true. say as far as your genres go it's like the you, least. you guys generally don't really enjoy yeah. those kinds of things i yeah. love sci-fi I just, right you know i do think it gets to the point where with, with sci-fi and that uh, let's always recycle I, I recycled ideas. Yeah, and um, and maybe that's the thing. When the original came out in '95, it was probably really fresh and unique. But we've kind of seen some sort of take on this story so much in the past 20 years, 22 years since that came out that it's just not original or unique anymore. Yeah, I mean, I know I said Lost in Translation, but it's more about 
Scarlett Johansson being uh, bored and lonely in Japan. Right, yeah. But it, this really, really did feel like Blade Runner and The Matrix combined. Um, and I, look, I love The Matrix. I think Blade Runner is good. It's just a slow burn. It's a very slow burn. And, burn. and yeah, and um, and it, it certainly has its followers and that and whatnot. But I, I think it's a it's just a bit overrated. Agreed. But that being said, with this movie, God, it was so boring and and emotionless. And I think what could have been like great opportunity was just completely lost in this movie. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked amazing. The yeah, the visuals were awesome. Did, I mean, it was crazy. Like the how visuals much it was like Blade amazing. Runner. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually more so how Blade Runner was so far ahead of the game 30 years ago, mm-hmm. 35 years ago. But I thought that was amazing. But God, this character, I know that the, the, the concept is that you take a brain from a human and you put it into a robot. Right. But I got the impression that's supposed to give you emotions, right? Because that's that's what makes her different, right? And she was the most emotionless character. She was. Now, do you does that ring a bell at all to the to the cartoon? Yeah, I think that I think okay. that stays true to that. Okay, all right. I just figured that that was the one angle that that she feels in theory. I mean, cause I know they said that in the movie, right? Right. Um, but know. boy, she was so freaking boring. She was, and and I don't think that was on Johansson at all. I thought she was fine. I think she was playing the character. Yeah, I think she was just playing what was there in the script, and I think her central performance was fine. I didn't have an issue with her whatsoever. But yeah, I just didn't care about her character. I didn't care about what was going on. And if you don't, if you don't care about, you have one central figure. And if you don't really care about her plight, then you don't care about the movie. As cool as the visuals may be and uh-huh. as cool as the action may be, at the end of the day, if you don't care about the people in it, you're not going to care for the movie. I'll tell you, after when I was watching this, I was like, man, they just really ripped off The Matrix. But you know, knowing about the anime and... Yeah, it came out. I mean, my guess now is that it. The Matrix ripped off stuff from this. Right, yeah. It's kind of weird, actually. Yeah. When I saw like the you know the cords coming out of the back of their heads... I mean, God, that's straight out of the Matrix. Yeah, but I it's be- apparently straight out of the anime. <laughs> I bet yeah. you, if you went back to when the Matrix opened, I bet you probably a lot of Ghost in the Shell fans were probably griping that it was ripping. I'm guessing. I have no, no idea. No, that's a good call. Yeah, uh, I'm really curious to know now that we're talking about that a little bit. So, and I was really disappointed with this movie. I, I thought a lot of it became very one dimensional, like the bad guys, the motives. All right, so the bad guy's name was Coos, uh, who was. Um, Acted by Michael Pitt. And Michael Pitt's an interesting actor to me because we don't see him very much. Yeah, it's so Um, weird. Like, you haven't seen... Like, he was kind of a thing for a while, and now I kind of feel like I was watching, like, a VH1, Where Are They Now? He just happened to be in this movie. Like that's actually that's right. I mean, yeah, where like, are they now? Is a good way to put it because yeah, you you think he was a thing? I mean, is that just because he was in the HBO show? Or I mean, he was. I mean, I never was, thought he has been. I mean, like, kind of when he first came out. I mean, he was in some. Some highly buzzed about movies like he was in Murder by Numbers. He was in The Dreamers, Wonderland, The Village. Uh, let me see, Last Days. He was in Funny Games. I don't think I've seen any the of funny, those movies. The Funny Games remake. Uh, and then he was in Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. Is what uh, you know, and Seven Psychopaths. But in the past five years, he's just completely fallen off the earth. And then he comes back and goes to the show. It was just so random. I actually thought he was pretty good in this. Yeah, he's a decent actor anyways. But with what they did with turning him as the bad guy into, of course, the corrupt police officer, police boss. What's the word for that? I just thought it was so weak. Just so disappointed yeah, in that. It was. And she turns into wanting to follow Michael Pitt's character. I just didn't. 
it didn't work for me at all. Uh, again, it, it fell completely flat. I, you know, I appreciate the ideas, the concepts, the, um, it was different. It was. But that didn't mean it was good, inevitably. It wasn't executed very well, for sure. Random trivia, the the guy that directed this, Rupert Sanders, uh, his only other really big credit to his name is the uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, which we talked about in our other podcast this week, yeah, you're right. as one of the live-action Disney remakes, so kind of random there. <laughs> but I, I think, I, I kind of sounds like we were both just kind of like, eh, on this movie. Yeah, I don't think sure. any of us cared enough about it to hate it, right? Like, I don't think right. there's enough to hate. Right. It's like a five. Yeah. Because I feel it very blah about it. Perfectly like average blah movie. Blah is five. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Perfectly average movie. Completely. Um, yeah. Pretty, I guess we probably hit the points already. Yeah. I, I'll say this. It saved me from watching the anime, so I can check that off my bucket list. Oh, now, yeah, Now sure. I need them to, like, come out with the spirited away and princess <laughs> Minoke or whatever movie. So I don't have to watch those animes. I can just watch the remakes. I will bring up Juliette Binoche real quick because I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's a great actress. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. And it's always weird to see her in movies like this big budget movies. Yeah. Um, it just seems so out of her character. I mean, as a person, not, not an actress. Right. Um, she just seems to always go for the acting role. She's a true actress. She know? is. And so, just kind of bizarre, but I love, I love seeing her. But again, yeah. you know, it's kind of blah. Uh, the 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 actor who played Bateau, his name's Palu Aspike. I guess that's either Russian or something. Dude, I thought that was a pretty cool thing what they did with his eyes. That was that cool. was a cool, that was a cool look. effect. Yeah. Um, but you know, now I feel like I'm just kind of picking and choosing on things. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just move on to something I'd rather talk about as other movies. Yeah, let's talk about what else we've been watching this week. We haven't heard much from Rachel yet because. She didn't get to see Ghost in the Shell this week. So let's begin with you, Rachel. What else have you been watching this week? On the recommendation of co-host Jacob Chrisup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did watch Netflix's Love series. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Who's it, in that? Nobody. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. Um, <laughs> we both, both have to look up their phones. name. Nobody. Hold yeah. on. You'll definitely know them. Let me yeah. look up their name. <laughs> Well, okay, I've never watched Community. Jillian Jacobs. Right, I've never watched oh, Community. Oh, yeah, the, the blonde from, yes. from Community. Community. Yeah. yeah, and then Paul Rust, who I've seen, but I like I couldn't tell you what he was in, but I know that I've seen him well, places. He, really? I've only, I mean, I thought he's only just a writer. Oh, Comedy Bang Bang is what I know him from. Okay. I mean, I've seen him around. He's got a really distinct face. <laughs> uh, for sure. He, he um, He's written a lot of... Um, Looked like a lot of TV shows, but it looked like he's pretty close to Judd Apatow, yeah. who produces Love. Right, right. And um, he he's also a co-writer on this TV show, Love. Sorry, Rachel, this is your... Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> you recommended it so you can jump in. It follows a couple who must navigate the exhilarations and humiliations of intimacy, commitment, and other things they were hoping to avoid, mm -hmm. is the synopsis of it. And... I'll give you the best advice that I can give you, which is what Jacob told me is get past the first episode. That first episode is pretty dang brutal. Yeah. And if you had not told me that, there's no way I would have watched the second episode. Really? It's on it. Is it because they're not together um, yet? Like they're no, not really in the it's, same storylines? She's such a dick. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't care about either one of these characters and I did not like either one of them. I'm like, oh, this is just so. But the very ending uh -huh. gives, I was like, this is the one thing I was interested in. You hit it in like the last two minutes of the show. You finally right. hit something that I was like, hmm, okay. And since Jacob told me, keep watching after the first one, I 
went into two and I liked it a little bit better uh-huh. and probably same thing with, with most series by the third or fourth. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. It's a different yep. type of humor. It's very um, office ish. It's very dry. Office-ish. It's very dry. Um, it kind of has some cynical, mm-hmm. a cynical side to it, but it also has hope in there as well. It, it's a good, I think look it's at very real. And I think that's what it's, Judd Apatow is great about right. doing is, Putting out comedies, whether it's a movie or a TV show, where you have characters in it that they do things that I think a normal person would do. Right. They react a certain way. They have a good heart and feeling behind them, and that's these characters to a T. Yeah. Like Paul Russ, and he even jokes about it on the show, so I can say it, you know, not the most attractive man. He's got a huge nose. Right. He's a goober, kind of. Yeah. But, like, he's cool. He's a know? good dude. He's like, a good she guy. does not he deserve like him. like he's portraying... Um, so many probably people that we know in our everyday lives. Right. He's, he's, a, like he's an everyman. Man. Yeah, he's an everyman. Right. And it does, it seems very realistic. There's nothing, it, you're just jumping into people's lives and you're just watching yes. it is what it feels like. And I I thought it was really good. I love it. I think it's, I love it. I, 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 I'm halfway through the second season. I just kind of got busy and haven't picked it back up. Mm-hmm. But for what I binge watched, I was laughing quite a bit. There's a couple episodes here and there that are just eh. But mm-hmm. there's several. I mean, it's a good, hearty laugh. Yeah. Um, Paul Rust also reminds me of a guy I used to work with back in the day. He has similar traits, similar personality. Uh-huh. And he's a really good uh, musician, just like Paul Rust huh. is in this show. Interesting. Like the guy, he can be so awkward and dry. Right. And then, but like that, pick up a guitar and like control a room. It's very funny. So yeah. it's very simple. That's one reason I'm kind of hmm. uh, attached to this show and that character in particular. And like, I've never even paid. I don't know anything about Gillian Jacobs, but she's good in this. She is good in this. She's, she's she mean, always, but she's she does good. always play that kind of character. Okay. I wondered about um, that. She's almost very, too good at it. <laughs> it's very similar to all of the other characters I've seen her as, but she does. She's good at that. Man, so. she gets hotter and hotter. She is smoking in some of these episodes. Yeah, she's a, she's a <laughs> dick. She's, like, she's pretty hot, but she was still only the second hottest chick in community. Really? I've Alice never watched one episode of Alice community. and Brie. Okay. So just, I, just Google Alison Brie gif. All right. Thank me later. Uh, <laughs> that That's, that's my contribution to this conversation. <laughs> but right. yes, if you're looking for uh, a new show to watch kind of mm. in the off season here, why everything kind of chills out for a mm. little bit. Um, well, I would definitely recommend love. Yeah. Good. For sure. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Go, I'll go next. Is that cool, Brandon? Yeah, do it. All right. Cue. All right, so I'm going to talk a bunch more movies because I've just been on a tear lately. Um, out the gate, I want to talk about a couple of Westerns, really just one in particular because we texted about it. This will get Brandon all excited. Um, so, you know, I've been watching a lot of Westerns in the last year. Yeah. And I've been talking about it through all our episodes, whether you're a regular listener or not, listener or not just know that I love Westerns. I watch the old ones. I, I've seen quite a bit that I've never seen before, like whether they're John Wayne movies I'm a big Kevin Costner fan, so I enjoy movies like Dances with Wolves, even that's kind of also Civil War-ish. Yeah. Also, what was the other one that he did? Oh, I watched Wyatt yeah. um for the first time in probably 10 years yeah. uh, a couple weeks open ago. Open Range. Uh, I love Open Range. Well, okay, I love the shootout at the end of Open yeah. Range. I think it's filmed very well, but yeah. there's a lot of middle stuff in there that's just kind of okay. Yeah. And here's the whole end game to all this. And look, look Unforgiven, great. I watched it in the last week. As well, because a lot of it come back around to this one movie that, and I watched it for the first time in probably a couple years, was Tombstone. 
And yes, this is one of Brandon's all-time favorite movies. Yep. And I don't know one person who doesn't like Tombstone. No, for some reason it gets low ratings on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Or, yeah, so like seventy-three or, or something like that. And I don't know if because I, I I don't know why that is, unless it's because it's more of a blockbuster type western as opposed to good old spaghetti westerns or something like that. that yeah, I, I think because it's more of a commercial. Yes, um, that's a better word for a it. commercial western. Which means kind of entertaining and fun right. more so than than like you said the old school spaghetti. Now that said, it still has a seven point eight on IMDb, which is a really high score mm-hmm. for for a movie like this on IMDb. Now I think it should be in the top two fifty and it should be over eight, but seven point eight is still a really high score. And I think it's like I don't know what seventy three percent at Rotten Tomatoes or something. That said, it's still way too low. Well, here's my here's my point to all this. Like I've watched a lot of westerns in the last year. And at the end of the day, the entertainment that's in Tombstone is uncanny to really any Western. I've it's seen. unmatched. Yeah, it, it, it's it's there are three bad guys that could care that one of them could carry yeah. a movie. Yeah. Let alone the three that we get in. this. Yes. Look, the obvious actor in this is Val Kilmer oh. as Doc Holliday. We've talked a lot about yeah. that. One of my all time favorite performances. But like you really can't look Pat Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, yeah. Bill Paxton. They're all awesome. Good actors, good characters. Look, it's a biopic, so it's based off real characters. And I want to say the world building in this, but look, the story writes itself. When you, if you want to talk about world building, it is such a good movie. And I don't know if that makes it underrated because everyone I know loves it. But when I compare it to all these classics I've been watching over the last year, it's better. Like, it's just better. And that's it hard to say with all the critics out there. It's better. Um, I've watched The Searchers in the last year. Yeah. I, I, I do love Once Upon, the West, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. That was one of the ones that stood out probably the most out of all these right. I've been watching. I think it's really good, but it's because it's a different style, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I think Tombstone is very good. Yeah. And that's really all I want to say. Yeah, I love it. I don't it. think I'm glad people would it. disagree with me who were, um, I think, the everyday movie girl for sure, but yeah. uh, it's just a good movie. It's just great all the way. I mean, it's my number three movie of all time behind the first two Godfather movies. I mean, it's, I mean it is that's from, good. it's got great action, great villains, great heroes. It's funny. It's got good drama. It's got great dialogue. Uh, the dialogue is is just phenomenal. I mean, it's so quotable. I mean, you can't quote any other western like you can quote Tombstone. Mm-hmm. And I do yep. think it's a it's a modern classic. I think it that is. as time has gone on, people appreciate it and love it more and more. It helps people go very back well. to it over and over again. And those, like you said, I don't. I've never met anybody who doesn't love Tombstone. It was the very first movie that I ever saw more than once in the movie theater. I, I specifically remember I saw it three times in the movie theater. I loved it that much, uh, and that's when I was making. You know, I was working at Homeland, sacking groceries, uh, and I spent my my hard earned money to go see Tombstone three times. So it was a big deal for me. I'm with you, man. Yeah, I watched uh, Wired Earp this last week as well, and I watched yeah. Tombstone immediately after that. Yeah, the story of Wired Earp is very interesting. It is, you know, because. I guess he's more he's, he's legendary now, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. And just to watch that movie back to back with Tombstone, uh, it's just like night and day. I think Wyatt Earp's good, and and Tombstone blows it out of the water. Exactly, exactly. And and Dennis Quaid is good as Doc Holliday. You no, know, he was good. He was, but again, Val Kilmer, like like in my mind of all the biggest Oscar snubs of all time, the fact that Val Kilmer didn't get nominated for... That's the first one I always think Yeah, it's too. the first one I always um, go to. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's all for the Western part. 
Um, there's a couple. Oh, I want to point this out. So John Lithgow came into Oklahoma City. Man, I'm uh, so jealous. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I love Lithgow. I didn't even see one sign for it. My sister just happened to call me, and what it was, Gosh. it was a a one man play that he put on. I thought it was gonna be like a stand up, but really it was a one man monologue. He does two parts. That's so cool. And um, seeing that's the first actor that I can think of. Yeah, I think that I've ever seen in person mm-hmm. live. And certainly the first play I've ever been to where right. there's an actor doing a monologue. It was great. Like, one thing that's cool about John Lithgow is, look, I love him because of Harry and the Hendersons. There might be people who are Third Rock from the Sun fans out there. I never watched that show. But I've always had uh, a, a place in my heart for John Lithgow because he just comes off as that kind of good guy. Yeah. Uh, even, though he's, even though he's a good bad guy. He oh, great he's bad a guy great bad guy. Which is strange. Well, I mean, he's become legendary for his role in Dexter as the Trinity Killer. Yeah, you talked like for, about that. Oh, I mean, it, uh, Google greatest TV villains. It'll yeah. show up. He's he's insane. Really? Okay. Because, oh. you know, he's a bad guy in Cliffhanger, Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, what's someone Raising did, Cane. Raising Cane. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, I love Mess of Dad and Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, no, he was awesome. And so to watch him do, like, this stand-up play, it was very cool. And I'll just say for anyone listening, if you have the opportunity to see any actor yeah. that we would see in movies throughout the years, go do it. Because yeah. I, I was kind of tired and didn't really feel like going when it happened. And I was so thankful I did. Oh, he was I'm so, so jealous. Good. Did he do a Q and A afterwards or anything? No, no, okay. no, no. It that was a, it cool. was a it was very cool to see yeah. live. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about this is a little bit themed now of two movies that are news movies. I watched Network and Broadcast News. Really? Back to back, and I've seen both of them before. Yeah. Uh, now, Rach, have you seen mm-hmm. either? Do nope. you know anything about either one of them? Nope. You know the big quote from Network. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. anymore? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know that. Um, and then uh, you've seen both, I'm assuming, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. I've seen both. So Broadcast News came out in the mid to late 80s. Um, it was up for Best Picture, Screenplay. Um, it stars uh, John Hurt. Uh, sorry, William Hurt. William Albert Hurt, yeah. Brooks and Holly Hunter. Uh, a couple other actors in there, too. And uh, Network came out in like 1976, mm-hmm. stars Faye Dunaway, William Holden, Peter Fincher, and Robert Duvall. Yeah. Both are based in news networks, right? So broadcast news is more about reporting the news and, right. and networks more about the behind the scene production of, you know, what sells right. and things like that. Uh, I'll start with Network. How long has it been since you've seen it? Honestly, probably about ten years. Really? It's, been, it's been a while. How many times have you seen it? Do you think only once? Just the one time. I mean, I'd like grow up. I, I'd seen bits and pieces of it on HBO, uh-huh. but then actually sit down and watch it just once. Okay, and I and I, I enjoyed it. I uh, I liked it. Now it's been ten years since I've seen it. I think I saw it like around two thousand six or seven. That was the right. first and only time I'd seen it. Right. Um. I remember being good. I remember um. Peter Finch, who did win supporting actor, oh, yeah, posthumously actually. Yeah, that's um, right. But I remember I, I knew that he won Best Actor and that I enjoyed it at the time. But watching again at like a 36 years old, one, and especially I'm a more seasoned as far as movies going, I think it's one of the best screenplays I've ever watched. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's famous for a screenplay. The dialogue is fantastic. And look, I was thinking that I was watching it and I didn't, I assumed it was nominated for a screenplay and it was. And that's not why I'm saying that. The, the acting by Faye Dunaway. And uh, William Holden yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And just how it's written, 
it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, um, The Hustler. Yeah. I just feel like you don't see that stuff anymore. How can you make such a good movie about a bunch of people who, well, Faye Dunaway, who's, you know, selfish, her character. Yeah. Uh, you know, selfish and all she cares about are the numbers and money and, you know, being number one. And, yeah. And, uh, but it, it, it held up so well. I mean, yeah. I, I was, I had, I have a, a new appreciation for it that I did not have. I thought it was good. Yeah. But like it's in a upper higher category for me just on the second viewing. I thought yeah. it was excellent. Uh broadcast news, it's a lot different than networks very kind of dark. There's really no humor in it. Right. Um broadcast news is opposite in that it's it's a comedy. It's a drama as well, but um Albert Brooks uh, Holly Hunter, it's a lot more kind of, I don't like the word whimsical, but it, it's yeah, very it's, much it's a like that. Whimsical, a little yeah. goofy. That's a, good, that's a good way to describe it. But it's a good movie, too. Like, yeah, it's it, solid. I believe uh, it was up for editing, if I'm not. Uh, yeah, it was. Good. <laughs> Glad I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it, they showed it in my film class when I was in college. Okay. And that was one thing that a professor was honing in on at the time. Right. And, you know, I was still kind of green to all that stuff. And. I mean, I think it's a very good movie. I think Albert Brooks is kind of annoying in it, but story-wise, again, it's just it's a fun movie to watch. I think the superior movie is Network, but I think a lot of yeah, people would like broadcast news. Yeah, I agree. I think because I think, it's more lighthearted. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. definitely more lighthearted. Network's definitely the better movie, though. Uh, I think that's so. a, that's a cool back-to-back double feature to Random watch. One, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then kind of the spinoff of Faye Dunaway, I turn around because Bonnie and Clyde was on for five bucks on iTunes. So I oh it. yeah. Bonnie and Clyde's awesome. Uh, I had never seen it before. Oh yeah. And so it was, uh, interesting as a first time view. I'll say that I did a little bit of research on it. Bonnie and Clyde came out in 1967. It starred Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway as Bonnie and Clyde. And you also had actors like Gene Hackman, who was in it. Michael J. Pollard, if you know who that is, eh, a couple other people, but the thing about Bonnie and Clyde when it came out is that that was the most violent movie that had ever come out at the time. Yeah. That's why that's why it's a, a big deal. You wouldn't know it in this day and age, but back then, I guess that was, that was, that was a, a huge a, deal. A big deal. Now, if, I, if I remember right, they had to re-edit the big uh, you know, death scene, the shootout scene by the cars. I think from what I remember, they had to remove a couple things because it was going to get a like an X rating or something like that. If I remember really. right. Yeah. That's so funny. There were so many movies in that little time period, like uh, yeah. midnight cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, probably the graduate to an extent yeah. that like, I think easy rider, maybe Oh, easy rider. Yeah. Maybe um, that they just, they're pushing the envelope just right. too much. You know, yeah, now it just be like transition. that comes on PBS. Like, yeah, like exactly. 3 PM. And, and this, it, no, it's not because of the violence. That I thought it was, it didn't hold up. I just thought it was uh, maybe the, the way it was filmed or it looked old or weathered. I thought it was just okay. Um, the story is interesting, but it was kind of hammy uh, really? in, in a way. I, I thought really? so, yeah. But again, no, I haven't watched it recently. It was kind of cool. It's been a few years. Really? It's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, young Faye Dunaway, young Warren Beatty. Man, yeah. They were young. They were. Pups, man. She was attractive back in her day. Dude, Faye Dunaway. She was a hottie. One is a hottie, but yeah. she can act. Oh, she's a great actress. And um, I kind of want to start looking out for more of her movies just to see, yeah. you know. Besides Mommy Dearest, I don't have any desire to watch that. Uh, Mommy Dearest is a fun movie. Really? Yeah, just as a movie fan, just for a B. I mean, yes, it's over the top, kind of like a B movie over the top, but it's it's an entertaining movie. It okay. gave us no more wire hangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's iconic for that. So anyway, it was, it was interesting. And, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, I would, obviously I would um, suggest it to someone, but just know it's aged. And, yeah. And, you know a little bit of history on it. Yeah. Um, 
just think about that as you're watching it. Hey, I heard something funny. This is pretty, uh, I don't remember where I heard it from, but you know the shot at the end of Clyde, uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, where it shows Clyde and then the gun and then Clyde. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the bushes and then Clyde and the bushes. Right. Someone said that that's what Warren Beatty was like when they were on stage presenting it at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> and like right after he uh, says it, like it shows him, then the, then, the, then the crowd and then him and then the crowd. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. The last thing I want to talk about, we talked about it a couple of times, so I'll make it pretty quick, is Get Out. I yeah. saw it um, this week, and God, what a good Wasn't it movie. so good? I loved it. So uh, interesting, funny. Yeah. Um, Different. Boy, I, I got a couple good jumps in there. Yeah, there's some um, good jumps. And look, this is like a month and a half after it's been released and I still, it's still a decent crowd in there. Yeah. It's still, it's had really good legs. The word of yeah. mouth on it has been really, really good. Man, um, creepy. It's really creepy. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like people have asked me, is it scary? Is it a horror movie? And I wouldn't really say it's necessarily scary. It's more creepy and intense, suspenseful. You know, uh, you know what it reminds me of is that, what was that kind of made for TV movie that we reviewed last year where they're all the visit, uh, not the visit, um, where they're all the, the dinner guest. Oh, uh, the, the invitation. The invitation. Yeah, that's it, a good comparison. It, and as far as kind of the that's creepy a good and comparison. not really sure what's going to happen. Without the. But uh, this was way, I mean, obviously way blows it out of the water. Right. It's yeah. how that movie should have happened. Right. Way. Totally. That's um, a good comparison. Right. But of course, this also has the. The subtext of the racial tension. Right. And then also, you know, it's there's a lot of comedy in it, though, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such a good movie. Uh, one of the best of the year so far, Is it for sure. Jordan Peele? Is that yeah, right? Jordan Peele yeah. of Key and Peele. Wrote and directed it. Yeah. And um, very good. Yeah. I was very really, impressed. Yeah, it's really, really good. Good. And go see it while it's in the theaters, y'all. There's, I think it's worth it to see in the theaters because of, you know, the tension yeah. that it brings. And yeah. it, there's just that. It just has that movie experience. Yeah, that hopefully you, you see it with that, good that audience. That feels is rare. Like it happens maybe a couple times a year. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that happened with um, Split. Was yeah, like that for sure. Too. Maybe yeah. just because they're both thrillers. But, yeah. Uh, very Hitchcockian too. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna blow you away. The movie I'm gonna talk about actually has Faye Dunaway in it. Yeah. What are the chances, right? And it's a new movie just opened this weekend. I know. It's going to blow you away. You, you're you're going to be surprised to hear this. Uh, she's only in it for one scene. Um, she's probably in it for five to ten minutes. Uh, I was actually shocked to see her. We don't normally talk about movies like this on this show, but I saw it this weekend, so I'm going to talk about it. The movie is called The Case for Christ. It's a oh. Christian movie. And, you know, regardless of your politics or beliefs or whatever, we talk about all movies here. I am a Christian, but I don't normally talk about Christian movies because they're usually not good at all. They suck. Yeah, they're, they do. They're just not very good. They're usually really heavy-handed, cheesy, yep. terrible writing, terrible acting, terrible direction, all those things. So the reason in particular I wanted to talk about this one, because it's actually a good Christian movie. Um, and again, you know, you know whether or not you're Christian, I would if this was a Muslim movie, I would be saying the same thing. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. But it's actually surprisingly a good movie, and it's getting good reviews so far. I think it's in the mid seventies on Rotten Tomatoes, which, which is, is crazy astounding for a Christian for movie. A Christian movie. Yeah. So it's not just me saying it. And the premise is really interesting. It's based on a best selling book about a true story of a man who worked. He was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He was an award winning reporter, and his wife uh, becomes a Christian. And it's driving him crazy because he's an atheist and he just cannot stand the thought that his wife's a Christian. 
uh, because he thinks it's all a bunch of baloney and stupid fairy tale stuff. So the whole point of the movie is him going out to prove to her that it's a bunch of hogwash. And so he basically meets with a bunch of different doctors, scientists, psychiatrists, uh, fill-in-the-blank experts in the field to prove that uh, the resurrection of Christ isn't and can't be real. And Faye Dunaway actually plays uh, an atheist psychiatrist that he meets with. But yeah, it's it's surprisingly really well acted. It's well written. It's not cheesy, heavy handed. Does it present all sides fairly? Yeah, like and and that was another thing I appreciated. Uh, so many times these movies will make atheists look really like villains. Yes, like, and they're not. And they're they just not. have a different belief. System yeah, and than and, and on the same time, they, all, they don't have one. <laughs> and these well, movies yeah. usually make Christians look like super dorky, cheesy Judgmental Ned Flanders types. Ned Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, <true>. neighbor. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this movie doesn't do either one of those things, and it doesn't villainize anyone. It doesn't, and it presents all sides. And and this isn't just me. Um, the critics are agreeing so far that it fairly presents both sides, fairly represents both sides. It's just a good, solid movie. It just happens to be about a guy trying to good. Disprove. That's exactly what Christian movies should be, though. Yeah, it's I agree. A, you know, you're not trying to push your agenda necessarily. It's right. a good story that happens to have happened to a Christian. Yeah, yeah. And I think for both sides, and I think that this was – you know, kind of agreed upon from those that have written about it so far that uh, whichever side of the fence you're on, whether you're Christian, atheist, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever you happen to be agnostic, it will make you think about both sides of the story as he's kind of going through his series of trials to disprove the existence of Christ. It was a good solemn movie. I was was really surprised. So I wanted to bring it up. And on a completely different note, if you're not watching Bates Motel, please do because this is the final season of it. And if you're a fan of Psycho the movie and maybe you watched Bates Motel, you gave it a chance because, oh, cool premise. Norman Bates, uh, kind of a prequel to Psycho. The first season was a little rough because there's a lot of actors. They didn't know the direction. I don't think they exactly wanted to take it how they wanted to pace I don't think show. they knew their pacing yet. Yeah, that was yeah. it was the pacing. Yep. Like at yep, what point do we sure. make him become the Norman Bates? How it's long does he stay? It's a little slow the first It's a little slow and there's a few side characters that are pretty bad actors, but the show has progressively gotten better and better and better each season and now it's in its final season and it's safe to say this by this point, but uh, Norman Bates has gone full Norman Bates. It's and it's awesome. it's really really good. We're winding <laughs> down. We're we're a little over halfway through the season now, and it's the best it's ever been. I'm really excited. Some things that just happened on the last episode. I mean, if you're a psycho fan, you would really really want to watch what's been going on. It's good. It's grown lately. into one of the better shows on TV. Yeah, exactly. It really has. Especially the acting from the two leads has yes. been really really good. Both Norman and Norma Bates. I'll, yeah. I'll check it out at some point. You should. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it is on Netflix, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely watch now it. Now that I've seen Psycho. Yeah. Got it, it under my belt. Exactly. And you became and, a big fan. And I fan. thought it held up great. Oh, yeah, it does. So anything else you guys want to talk about? No. I got to talk about all kinds of movies. I watched Moneyball today. Did you? Moneyball's a great movie. Oh, it is a good movie. But I'll stop there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. If you watched Ghost in the Shell, if you're one of the like, eight people who did... Feel free to tell us what you thought of it. Maybe we were 
completely wrong. You loved it and you want to defend Ghost in the Shell. Tell us what you think on your face on our Facebook page or or your so, Facebook page or your Facebook. <laughs> we won't find it. Tag us. Uh, is that a thing? That's a thing, right? Tweet us. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>